I did not know that I was codependent and maybe you do the same things and you didn't know this either. So here we go. What is up? My name is Bria Wanamaker. I'm a registered psychotherapist, a speaker, a personal trainer, and I'm obsessed with the mind-body connection and the effects that chronic stress, anxiety, depression, and our lifestyle patterns have on our mental and physical well-being. Through this podcast, it's my goal to help empower you with the knowledge, skills, and wisdom to fuel your body, mind, and soul. This is called the Better Bodies Podcast in an effort to help us learn how to have better bodies. And what that means to me is to have more energy, be less fatigued, exhausted, and burnt out, and to help us develop more love and connection toward ourselves and with others versus the old narrative of hustle and grind culture and building better bodies that are simply for aesthetic purposes. In this podcast, you can expect to hear some solo episodes from me, and I'll also bring on guests who will share their expertise and life experiences to help us participate fully in our daily lives. Welcome. Let's dive on in. What's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of the Better Bodies podcast. I'm really excited to bring you this four-part series. I'm going to be releasing these episodes at random over the next little while talking about codependency. And you probably cringe when you hear that word. Like I know that I have for so long and I feel like so many other people do. But I also think that and know that it's one of those labels and words that gets kind of thrown around. Like narcissism or manipulation or just like different terms that we use to describe behavior that you know doesn't typically coincide with the actual definition or characteristics or criteria to meet these different labels so i think it's really important that we dive into this because once i learned more about codependency i learned Um, how I might be carrying that out in different areas of my life. And I want to share that with you in case you're doing the same things and so that you can pick out those patterns in your life. Because, and I guess that's the importance of the label is knowing like, oh, this thing I'm doing is that. And though it may seem normal to me because, you know, I've been in different relationships uh, with others or with myself where I do these behaviors, um, it's not actually healthy or it doesn't make me feel the best or it doesn't align with my goals and values. So once you know that label and what falls under that category as codependency, then you can begin to identify it bring that awareness to the forefront and make the necessary changes. So in each of the episodes for the four-part series, this is going to be the first. They're just little snippets, um, information about codependency, and then how it relates to, this is going to be number one, how it relates to your health and body image. I will do a second one on how it relates to your work and career. Another one on how it relates to your family life and a final episode on how codependency might show up in your friendships and romantic relationships. So let's dive into this. 
Okay, so first of all, let's briefly go over what codependency is. So first off, it takes two to tango. Um, so let's say there are two people. One second, I just got adjusted my chair. Mika is typically sitting on my lap when I'm recording a podcast. Mika is my teeny tiny little dog. Um, and then sometimes she likes to go adjust and sit behind me and become my lumbar support cushion that actually takes up the majority of the chair and causes me more pain than comfort, but whatever, she's comfy and so I'm happy. Um, so moving right along, what codependency is, it takes two to tangle. There are typically two folks could be more involved in this. So for today, we're focusing on how this relates to your health and body image. Um, but let's say let's say there's a person A and a person B in each scenario. And like I said, in later episodes, we'll get into work and romantic relationships and family and friendships. Um, but for this, there's a person A and a person B. And person A let's call them the caregiver one. So they are the person who is like the helper, the fixer, the responsible one. They're always making things better. And, you know, they're also not extremely self-aware in that they're breaking their own boundaries. A lot of the time they might be someone who is feeling resentful or feeling like people don't appreciate them or that they are always giving so much, always exhausted, always doing so much for others and receiving little in return. But at the same time, this giving, this doing, this making things better for other people and adjusting situations and modifying as needed, this makes this person feel also really good at the same time. You know, they feel productive. They feel like they're in control of the situation. They feel like they can do anything and that they are available and loyal and dedicated to their loved ones and that they will be there at anyone's beck and call. They're the person who you want to like call if you say you went to the emergency room by ambulance, like they're the person you could call at like 3 a.m. to be like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm in the ER. I got checked out. Like I I don't know, had a stomach issues. I'm okay. Can you come pick me up? Like they are that person, maybe not to that extreme an example, but, um, yeah, so it, it does, it's a double-edged sword because on one, on the one hand, it makes them feel like, um, resentful and angry sometimes and hurt and unappreciated. And what word was that? Unappreciated, <laughs> but at other times, you know, there is a, something reinforcing it, right? There is something where they're like, I also, I feel valued. I've been able to help these people. Um, it, it becomes part of their identity too, right? Like I am a helpful giving person is what people will identify with. You know, I would take a bullet for my friends, like is what uh, people might say that their strengths are. So that's person A and person B is typically the one who is more okay with receiving and having things fixed and leaning on person A. And so person B might be a little less confident than person A. They might, you know, be seeking out support from not just person A, but multiple people or organizations in their life. 
they might feel out of control, like, uh, like a sense of helplessness, you know, that things happen to them and that they don't have the power to take action and make changes. And, you know, it's not necessarily that they are like a quote unquote lazy person or that they don't have the power to make changes. It's more about their perception of, um, their level of independence and, and yeah, abilities and skills in the world. They just aren't feeling confident in that. So just to briefly go over those two again and sum that all up in a codependent relationship, there is someone who is called a passive codependent. That is person A. So they'll avoid conflict. You know, they want to make sure everyone's happy around them. They are responsible, empathetic to others, compassionate, and then they will also be resentful, but maybe not outwardly. And if it does come out, it'll probably be more passive aggressive. Like they'll say snide comments or like slam a door or like, you know, they're picking up your laundry, but they don't want to be picking up their laundry. They're going to huff and puff while they do it. Um, and then person B, the active codependent, um, is the one who tends to initiate conflict. You know, they want to get their needs met. We all need our needs met and, and person B, um, struggles to do these things on their own. So they, even if they're someone who's like, they're not trying to pick a fight per se, but they just have things that they, they need to be in connection with others and bring these things up to other people to get their needs met. Um, they need affection and approval from others and validation. And on the inside though, they are terrified of being abandoned or left by others. And they just really feel like they can't handle things on their own. So, um, how does this relate to your health and body image? So I realized recently how codependent I am. (laughs) And then I was trying to apply it to different areas of my life. And, and I know that a lot of people can relate with this experience of trying to be the um, what's the, what's the, the analogy for it? It's trying to be the thermometer. No, the thermostat. That's what it is. Gosh, Bria, spit it out. (laughs) Trying to be the thermostat in the room versus being the thermometer. So the thermostat in the room adjusts to everyone's level of comfort. How's everyone doing? Like too hot, too cold? Oh, do you need me to change? Okay. I can shift and change to whatever you need. And the thermometer, you know, reads the room and is steady though. It doesn't like, it doesn't change. Obviously the numbers on a thermometer change based on the room, but it's not adjusting anything to meet the needs of the room. So ideally we want to be the thermometer and I can speak from personal example and experience in saying like when you are the thermostat, that is when you come away from social interactions, feeling exhausted, feeling taxed, feeling like you weren't yourself, feeling like maybe even spoke in a different voice, like not like a, like a Satan voice type of deal, but like a, 
I know for a lot of women, it's like this little like polite voice, like, thank you. Thank you so much. My goodness. Or like whatever you might do. Um, like even, um, ordering things in, um, I had talked about this on the podcast before I had ordered something somewhere and the woman had to ask me a couple times what it was that I was saying. And, and I spoke up and I noticed like my hands were clasped in front of me. I was in this like tight little shrunken posture. I was like sweating and I was literally just ordering something on a counter. And she was like, gosh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. You're just so quiet. And I'm like, I'm not a quiet person. Like what the heck? So we do go into these sort of autopilot modes on what we think others want from us, right? Like in that situation, it's just defaulting to, you know, I think, um, society, you know, wants me to be small and cute and polite and whatnot versus like standing in my power and using my loud voice and being like, I would like this. Thank you. And it, um, oftentimes I think we do that to sound polite, um, versus like quote unquote sounding like a bitch or being blunt about what it is that we need. Um, so that's just speaking from personal example of being that thermostat and being that passive codependent and just making sure that everyone else is okay um, versus, you know, allowing, allowing people to have their human experience too. And that's something I'm really learning and working on right now is like, okay, how come it's okay for you to have um, emotions and get defensive or get upset and then come back and apologize to somebody and say, Oh my gosh, sorry, I didn't mean to be rude or snippy with you, but how come other people can't also have that? How come you have to adjust for that or step in and say, Hey, is everything okay? Is there anything wrong? Can I do something for you? Can I fix this for you? Um, other people get to have their human experiences as well. And that is 100% okay. So the passive codependent feels responsible for not only their own emotions, but also for the active codependent's emotions and others around them versus the active codependent will blame others for what's going on with them. And um, in terms of body image, when I was reflecting on this, I was like, oh my gosh, um, a lot of body image stuff has to do with not just the perception that other people might have of us, but making sure that other people are comfortable and like we're scared to take up space or, um, scared to make certain food choices because of what others might judge us as, um, so really in that sense, like if you are, you know, someone who's restricting food intake or engaging in, in excessive exercise or, um, yeah, like any disordered eating and exercise routines, you are sometimes, sometimes it's just for yourself and there's a bunch of other reasons behind that. We're not going into eating disorders today, but sometimes you are working to monitor and accommodate for other people's level of discomfort. And, you know, cause people say things like, oh, you know, you shouldn't wear stripes, be, uh, horizontal stripes because it makes you look wide. Well, I know people who haven't worn horizontal stripes because they were told that um, as a young person and they're accommodating for 
other people who have told them that they don't want to make them uncomfortable. Um, and there's so many different examples of, you know, comments that people make and, and we don't heal that trauma and figure out what's best for us and what's important to us. Then we take that on, on as our own, um, emotions and our own, you know, experiences and feelings about these things when really it's what someone else had projected onto us. And another example that I was thinking about myself, and I'm sure you can relate to this is the experience of, um, if you are, you know, trying to recover or be more relaxed about your eating and food regimens, um, or going through changes, like say you are getting pregnant, say you are changing jobs or other big life transitions. And you just know it's going to be a time where you need to focus on something else. Like obviously, of course, what you eat and your exercise routines are important to support your health and to nourish your body and fuel your body. But there are times when other things take priority, um, and where you can try and create like a happy balance of all these things in your life, uh, versus, eating and exercise regimens being this primary or sole focus. So, um, when I was planning to go into recovery, I had asked those around me, you know, um, are you, are you okay if I gain weight? Like how, what kind of gauging, like what will your reaction be if I gain like 10, 20 pounds, uh, like what, how are, how are you going to be okay with that? And just really check again and, and thinking about, you know, what will family members say? What happens if I run into this person in the store and they see me and like my face is like, looks bigger than it has in the past decade that they've known me for, like just really working to make other people comfortable and yes, we are humans and we are all judging one another and all experiencing judgment from one another. Um, so it, it wasn't that for me, I'm okay. Like as long as I'm happy and healthy, like whatever, judge me. Sure. Um, if like, if weight gain results in you judging me and that is what it is, go for it. But for some reason I was really concerned with the other person's experience of it. You know, what will they think? You know, will, will they be okay with this? Will they have questions? So just really being that thermostat in terms of my own personal health and what my body looks like. Um, and so I want this to be a reminder for you. First of all, this episode, I wanted to give you an overview of what uh, codependency is and that there are typically two people in that relationship and what those behavioral traits are. And then also remembering, yeah, I just, I, I really want this to be a reminder for you that you have to get in touch with your core needs, your core self, your values, what's really important to you in the grand scheme of life. I've been saying this for the past bazillion episodes. Um, go back and listen to a few episodes. I've given different exercises and journal prompts and reflection activities to get deeper into that uncovering of yourself. Um, because ultimately, you know, when you walk out of a room and you're like, 
wow, I really was the thermostat. I'm exhausted. I adjusted to what I thought everyone else wanted from me. And often we don't even get the reaction from other people that we're looking for because it's only based on our perception of the situation, what we think they want. I've given this quote before. I love this quote. I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am by Charles Cooley. I have literally quoted this quote, quoted this quote in another podcast episode. Cut. That's been my favorite quote. I shit you not since I was like 12. And you know, it's all kind of clicking and coming together now as I say this in real time, that that is the truth. We, we have the story of if I go into this situation, I will act in this way because I perceive this person's experience as this, and I will adjust my behavior as such. Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense for you. And we all know those times when we have those interactions. And then we have those interactions where we go in as the thermometer. And I don't have a ton of examples to give on that one. Unfortunately, it's something I'm still working on to just be solid, to just be me, to just be not changing. Obviously, flexible, compassionate, empathetic toward other people, but not try and control and change their experience. And I think that's huge. And I hope it really makes sense to you as this reminder to get in touch with yourself, understand what works best for you, your health, your fitness, your eating habits, your body image, and whatever that looks like, have those around you who support you. And you need to remember that it's not your job to control their emotions, their perception of you, their human experience. I think that is the biggest piece if you are the passive codependent. And if you are the active codependent and you know you are blaming someone for not feeling good in your body or blaming these different circumstances exact same thing, really getting in touch with who you are. And then a second layer of what are your strengths and what is within your control? Because if you are the act or the passive codependent, your goal here is to work on releasing your perceived perception of control. If you are the active codependent, you're working to, you know, take action or gain some internal locus of control? What can you work on in the situation? What can you work on in terms of taking care of your body, your health, your routines, your habits? What makes you feel really good? Okay. So those are the two separate areas of codependency and how it relates to your fitness and health. I hope this was helpful for you and we will chat again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this podcast, you know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. It would mean the world to me if you gave it a rating, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, because that helps other people get connected with the show and take in this information as well. And another great way that you can share uh, is by taking a screenshot of the episode on your phone, sharing it on social media, on your Instagram stories, and tag me in it so that we can get connected 
and chat more about this. I would love to hear your feedback and to see if there's any information that you want to know more about or guests that you think would be great to hear from on the show. So as always, fuel up my loves and we will chat again soon. Bye.